Just one step ahead First to the punchline We're staying one step ahead with Jack Johnson. Jack is on his way to New Zealand with shows in Auckland and Napier coming up in December. We find him in his home turf of Hawaii. How are things in Hawaii? They're great. Yeah, yep. everything's, uh, everything's good. We're I'm getting excited to be on my way to Aotearoa pretty soon. Yep. It's not far um, away, you said you're, you're in Auckland, you said? Yep. Okay, great. Um, yeah, quite a long way. It, but it's uh, at the same time, a lot of similarities to where I grew up and a lot of um, cultural connections. And so excited to be there again. Cool, cool. And I, I'm kind of curious because you can tell by my accent, I'm American, but I'm from East Coast, upstate New York area. Um, so before we get into the music talk, uh, the recent elections just happened in the U.S. Being a Hawaii, is it as a big a deal, kind of a thousand miles in the middle of the Pacific Ocean as the rest of the continental U.S., do you think? <laughs> yeah, I'd say, I mean, these days everyone's so connected because of the Internet and whatnot. You know, things when I was a kid, it always felt like it took about two weeks for things right. to show up here. Or two years sometimes, like I would have friends visit and they would be surprised what was still playing on the radio. Right. <laughs> that, that, that delay, cultural delay is kind of, um, it's it's gone away because of the internet, I'd say. Is that a good thing or a bad thing or just a thing? Uh, I'd say both. You know, it's, uh, I kind of miss some of that delay. It was always sort of fun to to have a, a culture that like music was hitting a little later, you know, it, I don't know. Things would just take take a while, and and it was it was original, so it was kind of cool. But so, I mean, yeah, that's that that's the story around the world now. Things have become a little more homogenized because of the internet, and uh, so I, I think if you're not careful, you can lose certain aspects of different cultures. Sure, sure, yeah, absolutely. Now I, I see that you're promoting something called an all at once message. Yeah, so all at once, uh, that's that's like a social network, or I mean, it's a, a network of organizations basically uh, around the world, just a, a connecting point that's uh, nonprofit groups that we work with, usually about five to 10 at every show that we do. Uh, we have a place called the Village Green at every show where they can uh, connect with fans, try to get more membership, more people signed up and spread the word on what they're doing. And I find that it's it's a good group of uh, people showing up, especially the younger fans. They're really excited a lot of times to learn what's happening in their own communities and connect with those groups. So it's it's my favorite part of um, of any of the uh, environmental work that we do on the, at the live shows is trying to connect the people that are doing the work in their area with the young energy that's coming to the shows. Right. And so what kind of ultimate goal is there? Is it just to get people involved? Is there, you know, save the planet? I mean, what? What's going on? All of that? <laughs> yeah, just positive community work. You know, it's um, I think it's just trying to spread spread the word on what people are doing so that uh, everybody has a chance to kind of make their own community a little better. More and more. I mean, actually, a lot of the new album, I was kind of focusing on this idea of circles and the sense of when you're when you're overwhelmed with, say, climate change, uh, since we're talking on that topic, something as big and broad and overwhelming as that can feel sometimes you have to draw smaller circles and just figure out what you could do in your own little community to um to work towards that and it's um it always feels better i always feel uplifted anytime i do any like community work uh in my own town on on a saturday go to a community work day doing those kind of things uh, so we're kind of just allowing people to have those connections and i think some of the most 
my favorite stories from those is I've met people over the years that have told me they're now on staff and working with the organizations that they met when they were teenagers or early 20s or whatever it might be uh, years before at a show at one of our shows they made that connection started showing up to volunteer and then now they're on staff and working with them and so it's nice to know it's not just a, a light connection but a lot of times a really strong root that's that's growing right right now you made reference to your new album it's meet the moonlight i think it came out in june so maybe tell me a little bit about what was the process the reason the motivation behind making this the songs the whatever you feel like you need to tell me about it or us about sure, it. sure yeah yeah so <laughs> I, I i think in general the process of making an album is really just gathering all the thoughts that have been on my mind over the last several years um and so it's been about five years since i put an album out right these were collection of songs that had been some had been started years ago other ones started in the last two years it's been a strange few years for all of us and yes. <laughs> um, it, it allowed me the time the positive byproduct of um of everything going on was it slowed things down and i was home a lot and able to kind of have time to finish an album and um it also gave me content too i mean just you know reflecting on everything that was going on in the world there was so much in the way that we communicate i mean our human nature hasn't had time to evolve but the technology on how we communicate has changed so dramatically so quickly and so just thinking about a lot of those things the positives and the negatives seeing a lot of tribalism a lot of sort of division um and so thinking seeing a lot of friendships kind of going in different directions and deciding that i really wanted to try to keep my friends even if there was things that seemed like we were growing apart Right. So focusing a lot on the idea of empathy, listening, right. um, those kind of things. I mean, nothing too new. It's it's a lot of times when I try to explain them in a conversation with just words and no chord progression behind it, it can feel a little cliche. But I think that's the power in a really good song is you're not necessarily teaching somebody new. Usually what you're really doing is putting something into words with a certain emotion that when I know music when i listen to music that i love somebody like greg brown he'll put something in a way that when i hear it i think like oh there it is that's that thing i've always known and i felt but he's articulated it in a way that now i have words to describe it or an emotion with the chord progression to put it to and so really that's all the songs i'm trying to do is reflect on what's happening and probably a lot of thoughts that a lot of people are having and when you're successful with it you're able to put it in a way that that means something to somebody Right, right. Now, speaking of the music that you're listening to, I kind of took a gander at some of the songs that you, you do a few covers during your gigs and you cover, I mean, Bob Marley and Willie Nelson. That's not surprising. And maybe even Jimi Hendrix, but even the Cars and Sublime and things yeah. like Mungo Jerry. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> tell me, tell me a little fun. bit about the process of what you decide to to pick from and where those come from. Yeah, I would say sometimes those are uh, indicative of uh of bands that we love other times we might be doing a sound check and then somebody starts realizing that the chords are real close to another song and they'll start singing some words and it's just kind of fun and so we'll <laughs> we'll drop it in and um yeah that's something we love doing when we're playing live is we'll kind of segue into a song for a little bit and then come back to our own we we rarely do like a whole cover where we're like a um uh, practice it and try to learn the parts or anything. We usually just kind of do our own version. That's a lot of times we'll have the chords wrong and stuff, but I'll just do the best I can and remember what the words were. And it's a fun, we dropped into some Pink Floyd on the last tour. We did uh, Breathe. 
And that oh, was really? always really fun. <laughs> like the crowd would cut, you know, and like the our lighting guy was having a lot of fun. We'd get real psychedelic on that part. And uh it, we just drop into a few lines. We did some we did some rush. Oh uh, really? <laughs> when we were up in uh up in Canada, we played some rush for a few few bars, and that was the got a good reaction from the crowd. It was funny. Can you do a decent giddy lee? <laughs> uh yeah, I don't know how decent, but it was it was <laughs> the rest of the band was probably pulling off better than I was. Uh, fair enough. <laughs> Sounds like fun. Uh, now, uh, getting back to the, the album to meet the moonlight, you worked with producer Blake Mills. So how did that pro how did you work with him? Who did what? Why did you choose to work with him? Yeah, I really wanted to work with Blake because I I love his albums that he makes. I didn't realize he was a producer until somebody told me I'd sent them a playlist of one of his songs and they they said, oh, you know, he produces. And so we got to talking, somebody connected us and um, I really love his guitar playing. So I kind of wanted just the chance to sit together and play music. And he played a lot of guitar on the album, which was nice. We almost started every song facing each other with two guitars and we would just track so our guitar parts would be kind of married to each other. You know, a lot of times when you're recording an album, you try to isolate things so you can either yep. turn things up in a mix or down. But our, our two guitars that started most of the songs were just kind of bleeding onto each other's microphones. And uh, and that was the beginning of most songs. And so, I, yeah, a, we, a really nice friendship grew out of it. We um, were on, in touch all the time. We just did a few real small gigs together, just two guitars and voices. And it was... Uh, that was a lot of fun to to play together. So, yeah, I just I respect his uh, his approach and the way he he hears music. So it was, it's always nice to have another ear in the room. I think that's the main role of a producer is somebody that you trust. Right. So we had to gain that trust first, and then once you have that trust, then you can start to uh, go down certain roads that you normally wouldn't because it's somebody's ear that you think, well, this is worth following at least. Right. Right. Now it's been. 20 plus years since your first album, I think. And I, I'm curious, everybody's different 20 years in 20 years time, but I'm curious as the, has the, the role that music plays in your life changed over that time? Is it different than, it must be different than when you were starting out, you know, in 20, 2001 to now 2022. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. I mean, at least how I perceive it, I think, it just seemed like a fun hobby when I was younger, you know, getting a chance to write songs. And uh, and then I was really lucky. I think, you know, most people have that within them. And if you're lucky, you get a chance to sort of exercise it. And I was allowed to, um, not allowed to, but I felt I felt like I had this um, ability to spend time practicing the, the, the craft of writing songs. And then I kind of realized that it's really the way that I process information. It's... Um, I, I tend to remember things in rhymes. And so like around the house, I'm constantly just rhyming things so I don't forget to pick up the kids or like um, <laughs> just anything I see. My kids kind of tease me because I'm always like singing these dumb little songs. 90% of them are just rhymes about what I'm cooking or something. And and then every once in a while, there's something interesting enough that I think later I'm like, oh, I want to sit down and, and work with that and, and have it grow from there. But it's just almost like a filing system in my mind is, is right. rhythms. And then I find that when I'm able to then sit down and process, whether it's a song about losing somebody that you loved and uh, really important in your life, or if it's, um, you know, just singing about seeing, like I was saying earlier about friendships going in different directions and, um, and sort of meditating on and why that's happening. 
it's almost like it's probably like a journal, I guess. You get the ideas out and you feel a little space in the mind. It feels like you've spent time focusing on what's important and you can move on and have new thoughts. So I guess it's just the way I keep my mind organized a little bit, songwriting. Right, right. Well, as you're telling me the bit about singing these little songs in your head about what you're doing, I can see where that could be somewhat addictive. That once you start doing it, it, it you, you just kind of make your make your brain work like that. Is what is that what happens? Yeah, it is, and it's. Uh, I tend to find the songs that I spend a lot of time working on. They're songs that do connect with people, but they end up being like deeper cuts on the album. And then the songs that. I write in five minutes and they come really easy. A lot of times are the ones that connect to a lot of people. Um, some of the love songs, they're always just sort of jokes to make my wife laugh is where they begin. <laughs> right. I'll just have a few lines that um, I'll sing to her to kind of, um, I don't know. It's like, yeah, get her to laugh or something. And then it has to start, the spark of it has to come some, from somewhere really natural. You know, mm -hmm. I can't, I can't sit and think, okay, now I'm going to write a love song and, and, take it real serious. Those ones just don't work like that for me. So any of the love songs on the albums over the years are the ones that just come really quick, you know, and they're pretty right, fun. Right. So where uh, the, the album came out in June. So that's, you know, half a, half a lifetime away for a lot of people, <laughs> you know, at least it feels yeah. like it. Are you thinking yeah. about what you're going to do next? Um, another not five too much. Years? <laughs> you know, uh, we've been working on a, a lot of, um, we've had a lot of these kind of like lit, uh, reggae legend uh dub masters dubbing out some of my songs uh um, right. and so that's going to come at some point we're going to put out a record of a lot of the the tracks just sort of um dubbed out and like real kind of spacey stony versions of some of the songs very cool uh, yeah is it is anyone is there a cover of your song that anyone has done that stands out in your mind as being like holy moly i love that i haven't heard too many cover i mean i've heard a few Sometimes I'll be, uh, well, here in, in Hawaii, a lot of times if I might be like at a hotel or wandering through a bar and I'll hear a local <laughs> musician covering my song like with like a more like slack key Hawaiian style. And it's always really, really an honor to hear that, you know, because right, we right. have a really rich uh, musical culture here in Hawaii. Right. And so it's, it's definitely influenced uh, the sound I'm trying to make, even though I'm not playing necessarily traditional Hawaiian guitar all the time it's a it's a huge influence on me and so when I do hear somebody take it all the way and, and put it into like that style of music it's always an honor um, and it sounds really beautiful I hear versions of my song better together sometimes uh, which gets played at weddings and things and uh, <laughs> so I've heard people do that a lot better than I do it several times Oh dear. <laughs> All right. Well, keep practicing. You'll get the hang of it. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. All right. Well, I'll let you go. I think you got something happening in a minute or two. So uh, thank you for very much for taking time talking to me. And we'll see you when you when you make it down here in a couple of weeks. Sounds good. Likewise, yeah. See you soon. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye.